Hey everyone, welcome to the Celtics Collective brought to you by Heavy Sports. Uh, I'm Sean Devaney uh, from Heavy and I've got our NBA insider with me, that's Steve Volpet. Steve, how are you uh, this, uh, uh, this, this pre-holiday week? I'm just getting festive as all hell. I've, uh, I'm getting in the spirit here. I've got the, yeah. I've got the Grinch sweat. You know, I'm, I'm here in, in Springfield, Mass., which is the home of uh, the, the Basketball Hall of Fame, of course, but it's also the home of Dr. Seuss and the Dr. Seuss Museum, uh, which Seuss, my, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, it's one of Maisie's favorites. As and you can see, you don't know, Maisie is like the most amazing child. I, <laughs> I, I met her uh, this past summer and I'd known her for 10 minutes and I wanted to buy her a pony. <laughs> she says all the time, how's Steve? <laughs> she's, uh, she's wise. She, she's five going on 25, uh, as they say. Um, but all right, let's get into the Celtics. Uh, coming off of this road trip, um, you know, when, when, when people hear this, they will have played the opener of the, of the, the homestand that they've got coming up. But let's, let's just take a quick look back uh, at that six-game road trip. Uh, what did you kind of gather from that? What was something that uh, that stood out to you, if anything, uh, about uh, about the six games that they played uh, out west, and uh, and of course uh, against Brooklyn and Toronto as well? Well, it was, it was kind of what we talked about before the trip, right? I mean, um, or my concerns, what my concerns were um, that, well, defensively they just not shown that kind of commitment. They'd been kind of getting a little bit drunk on their offense. And, um, you know, there's times where you need to have your defense be there for you. I think I said that, you know, to, to know that, okay, these next three trips for the opponent, they are not going to score. And you have to have that ability, that kind of confidence, which gets built over, you know, over reps, over doing the hard stuff over and over again. And I think that kind of failed them, you know, clearly in a couple of those games, the the uh, Golden State game, even the Clipper game. Yeah. Um, and during that run that the Lakers made to come from 20 right. down to 13 ahead. Right. Uh, the other thing was I was going to be concerned about whether they would go back to, you know, the my turn, your turn basketball. And that did, you know, when when a few shots didn't fall when they were playing the way that they wanted to. They would get stagnant, and that happened again. So um, those two concerns proved to be there. But in regard to the defensive issue, I think it's important to mention, okay, they've, you know, they haven't had Rob Williams all year. They're getting him back for this first game against Orlando. Um, but perhaps even more important, something people don't think about much, was the absence of Al Horford. Yeah. And he is a huge fulcrum for their defense. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, on one hand, I really think you ought to jump on them for not having that defensive mindset. You can talk about what their strategies were and all that stuff. They just weren't up on people and they weren't playing with the same kind of defensive connectedness uh, as before. But, um, you know, missing Al Horford, on top of missing Rob Williams, that's going to make things difficult. Yeah, yeah, but I, I would agree with that. I think that the defense and 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 the tendency to get back into the uh, my turn, your turn stuff 
I think that crept in as they got a little more tired. And, you know, you're on the road for that length of time. You get more tired. Uh, I thought the first two games against uh, Brooklyn and Toronto, both of those teams were were pretty game. Uh, and the Celtics were able to fight them back. I thought those were games that they would have lost last year. Um, but, uh, but, but, but they were able to play that different level of defense. I thought, you know, the most impressive game and it got overlooked because everyone was looking forward to, to Golden State was Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix has lost five in a row since then, but you know, when they played the Suns, you know, that was the best team in the Western conference, uh, and they throttled them. And, and, you know, if, if, if somehow Phoenix comes out of the Western conference, I would love that matchup for the Celtics. I don't think they have the defensive ability to guard both Tatum uh, and uh, uh, and Jalen Brown. Uh, I think Devin Booker has to do too much offensively uh, in that scenario. I, I would really like that matchup. I thought that was, uh, you know, if you're looking for positive, I thought that game was was just outstanding for the Celtics. Uh, they really shut down Devin Booker, held that team to 40% shooting. Yeah, it was funny because that coming off that game, everyone saying, you know, damn, the Celtics – you know, they, they are the team this year. They're clearing away. They are the, the best team. And then you saw what Phoenix did afterwards and, like, the value. Like, like they like <laughs> drove, driving the car off the lot, it lost some value. Yeah. You know? You did mention the defense and, and, and uh, some of the strategy stuff with, with, with Joe Missoula. I know you talked to, um, I think it was a scout, uh, about – what happened against the Warriors where they kept going under that screen. You go under that screen with Marcus Smart. Of course, you're leaving uh, the greatest shooter in NBA history uh, with about four or five feet uh, to, to, to take a three-pointer. That's Steph Curry. And, and if it wasn't him, it was one of the best three-point shooters in, in NBA history uh, at Clay Thompson. So they were continuing going under those screens and, and leaving those guys open. We didn't see any adjustment from, from Joe Missoula. What did you gather about that? Well, Part of it was you've got um, Blake Griffin is part of that. So that was going to be difficult anyway. Um, and I, I talked to Scout. I talked to a couple of coaches as well. And I've talked to people since about that. Um, I, but I, I happen to think, as I was watching it, that the biggest issue wasn't that you were playing drop coverage, is that you weren't getting enough pressure you know, out front uh, before you got into the pick and roll situation. If you know this is coming – you got to do what you can to avoid getting to that spot, right? So, um, you know, uh, push up on your pressure. Um, but basically what I got was, look, you're not going to, you know, especially you're missing Williams and you're missing uh, Al Horford. You're not going to try to change up your defense. They did have a practice uh, between those games. They practiced at USF, um, which was kind of rare on this trip. I think it's the first practice they've had in weeks. Um, so, you know, but you're not going to take that and try to change what you've been doing, um, would have been, you know, kind of silly to do that. And Hey, you know, um, um, there were other issues for the Celtics in that game as well, Yeah. but, um, yeah, you know, go with what, what you're doing and, you know, it's harder to change is what, what kept coming back to me at that. From, from yeah. Yeah. And, and I think there's something to be said for, and I think, uh, you know, Steve Kerr on the other bench would have said the same thing. Uh, there's something to be said for if you think there's a chance that you're going to see this team again uh, in June, uh, why would you play, you know, your, your all your cards in December? 
you're not going to do that. And, 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 you know, if, if, if Missoula had something else to go to, you mentioned that, that of course, with the injuries, uh, they didn't have a lot of other choices, but, but if there was a strategy uh, change to be made an adjustment to be made, why make it in a December game? It's really not, it's, it's not something you want to do. And a lot of coaches, um, you know, when you're coaching at the level where the Celtics are right now, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I, I think a lot of coaches will say, no, we'll just, we're going to stick with what we're doing. Uh, and uh, we'll save the adjustments for June, assuming that happens. And Blake Griffin being switched on to Steph Curry, 25 feet from the basket. You know, you'd, you'd, <laughs> you'd cover the eyes of the little kids. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. All right, let's move on. Uh, all right, by the time people uh, uh, listen to this, we'll, we'll probably have seen the season debut uh, of Robert Williams. This is uh, day uh, – what is it? So uh, 12 weeks, seven days a week, that's 84. This is day 84. Uh, you know, basically in that eight to 12 week window, this is the the final day in that eight to 12 week window. Uh, Robert Williams should be back on the floor. Uh, let's start with 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 where they are and, and sort of how they've handled all this, how they in your view, how they how, how have they handled uh, what's gone on with Robert Williams? Um, you know, have they put themselves in a good position here? I, I think they've, you know, if you could have written up what you wanted to do, well, if you could have written up what you wanted to do, he wouldn't have got hurt in the first place. Well, yeah. Uh, but um, under the circumstances, yeah, they've, they've handled this perfectly. Don't you think, uh, you know, the um, giving him extra time, you know, erring on the side of caution. Uh, and by the way, while they've done this, they've still managed to cobble yeah. together the best record in the game. So uh, that uh, I think the technical term for that is doesn't suck. Yeah, that's uh, right, right. I don't want to talk over anyone's head here. <laughs> I appreciate that, uh, that that analysis. The level that we get from you, Steve, is just it's it, it's always amazing. Uh, but yeah, to be twenty two and seven at this point uh, without him having played, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how the defense comes together. I think there may be too much of a thought process that. Uh, you know, putting him on the floor is going to solve everything. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I thought they were, you know, last year uh, they played significant stretches without Robert Williams and still held it together defensively. They've been different this year. Uh, you know, we'll see if if, if this is something that uh, – and they've been better defensively lately, uh, don't get me wrong. But, uh, uh, you know, we'll see how much this really does impact, uh, yeah, you know, I what mean, they're able to do. I wrote a story, was it a few weeks ago, uh, with people like – NBA execs saying, hey, look, getting Rob Williams back is going to be like making a major in-season trade. Yeah. Um, and clearly the, the the greatest benefit to having Rob Williams back is defense. But don't overlook what he means offensively for them. Um, you know, they, they do a lot less driving into crowds. You saw a little bit of it these last few games. Uh, but – when guys drive and when lanes get cut off, uh, knowing that you can just toss the ball up by the rim and you've got a guy that's going to fetch it and throw it down, that's like, you know, that's a huge bailout opportunity. And the other part about it is uh, Rob Williams on that end of the floor is guys love playing with him because the ball does not stick in his hands long. And, you know, you, you'd, you'd kind of wondered over the last year or so, if guys wouldn't realize, hey, we like playing with this guy because he keeps the ball moving, 
maybe people would like playing with us more if we kept the ball moving yeah. as well. Right, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I so yeah, defense, but don't look, don't overlook what I what Rob is going to give them offensively. Yeah, I, you know, I think he's learned a lot from Al Horford in terms of his passing and uh, and and you know having faith that you give the ball up, you, you you'll get it back at some point. That that he's going to get his uh, you know ten to fifteen points. Uh, you know, however he gets it. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the, the big thing about him is he's such a security blanket on both ends of the floor. You get in trouble, you lob it up. You know, Marcus Smart does this, uh, you know, it probably once a game where, where he lobs one up for uh, for Rob when he's otherwise in trouble uh, and it becomes an easy two points and an assist. Uh, so, you know, that's 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 something that is definitely secure. And of course, you know, his ability to block shots on the other end uh, is a security blanket there. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, are you concerned at all about his, you know, there's no way to, to, to really look at the future here, but, uh, uh, you know, how concerned are you, I guess, that this knee thing is just going to come up again, that it's going to be something that uh, is with him uh, through the rest of the year, perhaps through his whole career? Yeah, I think, you know, you've got to look at, at the history and say, yes, obviously you're concerned. I mean, you know, um, I would not be surprised if um, you're seeing regularly, night by night, uh, Chris Forsberg with bubble wrap around <laughs> Rob. Um, you know, so yeah, I, clearly, look, he's a guy that young, a guy that body type. You know, you're gonna you're gonna wonder about physical issues as he gets older, as he gets a little bit stronger. You think, well, you know the cumulative effect would make things more difficult, but things might get better with them. Right. But yeah, you know, the same way the Celtics are being careful with Al Horford. Uh, I think they have been and will continue to be careful with Rob Williams. Yeah. You know, I think of Dwayne Wade, uh, you know, as a guy who early on in his career, you remember Steve that, that he had a lot of trouble with his knee and there are a lot of people who were saying, you know, he's not going to play more than, uh, more than eight years or so. And of course he wound up having uh, a very long career that, you know, you, you can come to a point where your body and the, the, the affected uh, injured, injured spot that you're dealing with kind of come to an agreement, like this is what we need to do to get through, uh, you know, the next six months. And, uh, and that might be the case with Rob, that, that, that this is something that he learns to manage and he learns how to deal with uh, day in and day out. Uh, but, but certainly you do worry that, uh, um, that, you know, it's, it's something that he won't be able to, uh, to, to really have the kind of career knees have come a long way though. No question. Uh, you know, since, uh, tell me, trust me. Yeah. You, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, certainly uh, from personal experience and, uh, uh, you know, looking at guys, I mean, you know, Bernard King or somebody like that, um, to, to, to where, to where we are now, uh, you know, and, and, and the way that they can handle those things. So yeah, certainly, uh, uh, you keep your fingers crossed for Robert Williams, especially this year, uh, you know, which looks like it has the potential to be a, uh, uh, a special year for the Celtics. Can we digress for a, for a quick I love digressing. Story? I love digressing, Steve. Nothing. It's got absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about. But you mentioned Dwayne Wade, and I was telling the story the other day. Um, so uh, Doc Rivers went to Marquette. I went to the University of Dayton. Yep. Um, learn, lead, serve. Thank you very much. Um <clears throat> And uh, so Doc and I would always have these Dayton-Marquette arguments. And uh, Dayton played Marquette. This is a few years back when, when Doc was coaching the Celtics. 
and of course beat market. And so Doc is just, you know, and, and but my comeback is always that Dayton's academics, you know, Catholic school, Midwest, you know, just they they've got real high standards, present company excluded. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so that was always my that's always my my comeback, my go to comeback. So at one point, Doc is getting fed up because the Flyers are getting the better of this argument. And he finally says, look, he says, Dwayne Wade is better than anyone who's ever played at Dayton. And I said, yes, but if he went to Dayton, he'd know how to spell Dwayne. <laughs> I actually told that to Dwayne Wade a couple of years ago. Oh, man. How, 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 did, how, did, how did Dwayne take that? He laughed. So Okay, yeah. good, good. <laughs> He's a good-natured guy. So that's, that helped your cause. Um, yeah, yeah, well, so, yeah. Uh, and as as Doc is fond of saying, he's not actually a doctor, uh, and neither are you. So we don't know what's going to happen with Rob Williams here, but we Ooh. do know that it's uh, you like that sweet I segue. I pulled it back together, All right? Wow. And no matter how far you digress, Steve, I can I can get us back on uh, you, Sean. Are a professional, <laughs> You're right? Um, but you know, it's, uh, I I do think there is, and we're in a position now. I think there's a. a a time when if you're Brad Stevens, you've got to look and say, okay, um, you know, do I need to have uh, a big man behind Robert Williams or do I need to have a big man who can replace Robert Williams if he gets hurt? Um, and I, I, I just wonder your thoughts on that, uh, on that notion that what they have right now is, is, is working out pretty well. Um, and it's, it's good December uh, it, it's good for a December roster. I'm not sure it's good enough for, for May and June, uh, especially if you're dealing with injuries to Robert Williams. What do you think about that? And, and, and do you see the Celtics, uh, um, you know, considering their options in terms of what they can do uh, in the front court? Well, you've, you've got to look at, at the structure of your team, you know, not just player-wise, complementary-wise, but salary structure, all those things factor in. But in terms of what they're going to need to win, I would seriously doubt that – look, if, if you don't have uh, Al Horford or uh, Rob Williams uh, and it's May, I'm not sure anything you can get in the open market is going to make a difference. Right. And I think that's the, you know, that would be the question. What you've got now with Griffin, with Griffin and um, uh, Luke Cornett, yep. and even um, Grant Williams, when you go small, uh, I think he's, you're seeing the value of him. And I think he's going to prove to be pretty bright to, to bet on himself this year. Um, but again, what you get, would it matter, you know, would, would it be enough that would make a difference for you um, in, in those in those months, like you said, May, June? Yeah, you know, there's been talk about uh, Jakob Poltel from uh, uh, from from San Antonio. I think Brian Windhorst mentioned that that they had had interest in him. I just there's from what I've heard, there's no real way that they can get him. They're not going to give up two draft picks uh, and, uh, you know, you know, financially getting the money to match. All that stuff is going to be uh, too difficult to do. So uh, I, I don't see that. It would have to be whatever they did would have to be a significant 
uh, uh, increase over what they have. If yeah. you're just if, if all you have to offer is the fact that you've got a uh, uh, a traded player exception and we'll, we're willing to take this guy off your hands uh, and maybe add a second round pick, there's not going to be a lot you can get for that. You know, it's six point nine million is the biggest uh, traded player exception. They can't combine any of them, so it's got to be that's that's the best they can do is bring in a six point nine million dollar guy. There's nobody, you know, Alex Len. I mean, you know, who who are you going to bring in who's going to be better than what you've got? It's it's really hard to see uh, how that happens for them uh, between now and February. So uh, yeah, I think there is. I, I think you are looking at uh, you know rolling the dice with what you got and hoping everybody stays healthy. And the purple part, I, I it makes. I don't think it's ever going to work because. I don't know if you recall, but um, w- during summer league in Vegas, I spoke to a couple of, of Spurs sources, and what they were saying at that time, and now things could change. Yeah, what they were saying at that time is, you know, there were teams, you know, the the, the, the vultures were circling, um, and but I was told, look, they're, they're not giving up Pirtle because they don't want to go into a situation where they have no hope each night. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to grow their young guys in that kind of a, in that kind of a garden, in that kind of environment. So, um, yeah, at that point, they were saying you know, Pirtle's a, a keeper um, because he at least gives, he at least keeps them competitive. Yeah. Um, you know, if not to the point where they get themselves knocked out of the Wembenyama sweepstakes, at least they're, you know, they're. Uh, their guys are learning in a, in a in a proper classroom. Yeah, yeah, and, and I believe he's twenty five years old. He's not an old guy, anyways. So if you're the San Antonio Spurs, you might be looking at at, at keeping him beyond this year, anyways. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And 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 or at least signing him, uh, and then if you trade him later on, you know he's got a bigger contract. You can maybe do something different with him uh, at that point. But yeah, and that's the other thing. You know, Celtics if they would make a trade for him. Now you've got to sign him. Uh, and, and, you know, this is, uh, uh, a guy who at, at best is going to be your backup center. Uh, what are you going to pay him? You know, I mean, especially yeah. if you're giving up draft assets. So yeah, I, uh, think, yeah. I think Pearl's a player too. I, I, feel, I, I really think he's good. Um, you know, um, something I've always believed, and I think, um, I think Greg Popovich looks at it similarly is that, you know, Everybody, pretty much everyone that's in the NBA, if they give, if you give them opportunity, they can go off. But more and more, the guys you appreciate are the guys who do the simple things every single night. Now, I know that he was better than what we're talking about here to a degree, but the old Mark Gasol, I thought, like back when he was in his in his better years with with Memphis, it's like, yeah, he's a guy that you know, yeah, he can go off here and there. But he's going to do. He's going to set the picks every night. Yep. He's going to hit the open shots every night. He's going to dig in low every night. He's going to yep. get inside and do the dirty work. He's going to be where he needs to be defensively. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're not going to see him on Sports Center top ten um, <clears throat> unless he's bulldozing someone. But uh, you know, that's the kind of stuff that that you know coaches they really covet. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I, I'm not sure that San Antonio is looking to give him away. Um, you know, I don't think that they want to tank for 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 Wembenyana. Obviously, they'd love to get their hands on him, uh, but I don't think that uh, um, you know they can be bad enough by by trying and putting forth a good effort to to still be in the sweepstakes. 
uh, without uh, without having a tank uh, altogether. Um, but you know, speaking of uh, guys who do it every night, uh, this is another segue, Steve. Wow. You like that? You, you. How about that? You're good. <laughs> You're this good. is. I, I was looking this up, and this is pretty incredible. Uh, you know, especially if you followed Jalen Brown's career. You know, I mean, er, early on, especially. Uh, you know, he was a guy who. Uh, would show these great flashes and then kind of step back and flashes and step back and you'd have hot streaks. He's played 27 games this year. He has been 20 points or better in 25 out of 27 games. You know, he has become really a model of consistency. Uh, and that's, uh, that's, that, that's a pretty, you know, uh, career numbers right now, 26.6 points, uh, 7.3 rebounds, 3.6 assists. Uh, he's averaging 35.7 minutes. He's, He's, uh, you know, 4.3 free throws. All of those are career highs. He's doing everything uh, at a career level. That brings up the question of he could potentially, and, and I think if he were to vote right now, he would probably be an all-NBA player, which would allow the Celtics to give him an extension. This is something that's been talked about quite a bit uh, lately. Give him an extension, five years, $290 million in the offseason. Uh, does that sound right? Fifty-eight million a year for Jalen Brown. At first blush, no. Right. Um, but um, you do what you got to to keep, you know, to keep your window open. Um, you know, as we've seen with a bunch of teams, it should be one of which I wrote about you yesterday, before, day before yesterday, I guess it, it, we posted it. Uh, the Nets, you know, windows come and go. Um, but it was funny, I think, when we're talking about Jalen Brown, and clearly he's an all-star, uh, all-NBA, we'll see, you know, as it comes down. Um, but go back to when he was uh, before his draft, and mm -hmm. what was the big knock on Jalen Brown? <clears throat> he, he may be too smart. You know, this is this could be a problem. He's a smart guy. Maybe that's yeah. not. So, um, you know, uh, the conclusion I draw is that uh, perhaps being dumb is overrated. <laughs> um, but here's a guy that has um, observably improved each year. Um, you know, we can when you see him every night. You know, you see the flaws and things like that, and but he's doing a lot better this year with cutting on, cutting down on the turnovers, with uh, looking, uh, looking up, seeing four guys, four defensive players, and thinking, you know, what would be fun if I drove into them, um, and with my head down, especially yeah, yeah, you in the high dribble, do that. all those things. There's a lot less of that this year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's really good now. He's really, really good. Um, and when you look at his career arc, you'll say there's a very reasonable expectation that he'll be better next year. You know, um, still very young, all that stuff. And the team is playing uh, a style this year, which is a lot more advantageous to guys like Jalen Brown and even Jason Tatum to thrive as finishers instead of, creators and finishers yeah uh and and certainly man i'm just looking at his numbers now in terms of uh the paycheck 
He's uh, where is he at now? He's at. Yeah, of course, I can't find him. But I mean, he would be. I I think he'd be number two behind Steph Curry uh, with that deal, and uh, you know that's significant. <laughs> well, uh, and and you know, I, and I think the other thing too, though, is that you know we see this all the time. You hear the number the first time, and you think, "Holy cow!" Uh, and then things progress, and there's a new TV deal, and and all of a sudden you say, "Well, yeah, that's just that's just what it is." You know, that's just. Uh, uh, that's just where the numbers are now, and 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 Jalen's probably uh, uh, in that uh, in in that kind of category where it, it doesn't seem possible that he's going to make fifty eight million dollars, but then it will will eventually. All right, so he's got twenty eight point seven. I say twenty eight seven this year, uh, thirty point seven next year. Can you hold on one second? Yeah, just give me a second. Yeah, uh, can we cancel that bake sale for uh, for Jalen Brown? Yeah, we're not going to need that. Yeah, I think he's, he'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be able to get by with what he's got. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he'll be all right. Yeah, and and and, and you know, you look at, you know, like I say, it sounds crazy, but no, all right, so moment. Curry, <laughs> Steph Curry will be making so it'll kick in on twenty twenty four twenty five. Steph Curry will be making fifty five point seven. We're gonna have LeBron, Kevin Durant, Brad Beal, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, Damian Lillard. Uh, you, you know, these are all guys who are going to be up around forty-nine million dollars a year at that point, uh, and and you know, it's it's hard to argue that Jalen doesn't belong in that crowd. And you know, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, uh, Embiid, uh, you know, those are all guys. Uh, Jokic is another one. Uh, all, those are all guys who are going to be in that in that fifty million dollar a year neighborhood. And you know, for guys having the year that uh, that Jalen's having. It's 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 hard to argue he doesn't belong there, you know, because he's he's mostly he's got to be all NBA this year in order to qualify. I think he will. I think he's one of the best fifteen players uh, uh, in the in the league this year, um, and and you know, so he's got to be on any of those three all NBA teams, uh, and, and and he can get there. Um, so that's it, it'll be interesting to see if uh, uh, a if he makes it and b uh, if the Celtics jump right on it uh, or if they're reluctant and. Uh, uh, and, and waited out till he hit free agency in 2025. Yeah. Um, look, if you're the Celtics, you're going to be when you when you are putting together the roster that you've got, um, you're going to be a tax team for you're going to be spending some dough. Um, they are unlikely, highly unlikely to go the Red Sox route. Um, you know, uh, if you see the Celtics trade Jason Tatum for Jeter Downs, I will stand corrected. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, the recently designated for assignment Jeter Downs. Thank yeah. you very much. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, you're going to be that kind of team at a certain point, And I think there are teams that are in the mid-level of the NBA now that are looking at perhaps dealing guys that make a bunch of money because they're realizing, hey, this is what this guy is giving me, and we can get someone to do that for less money. You know, And so I think you're going to see some of that. The question with guys like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is, can you find guys to do that? And no, it's hard to find yes. guys to do what right. they do. So, you know um, – the 
the Celtics are going to have to maximize their revenue streams and uh, be thankful when the TV checks come in every year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, um, that's where they're at. And, you know, but if you want to compete, it's going to cost you. The, you know, <clears throat> during the 2011 lockout, um, I spent most of those few months in New York covering those nego- the CBA negotiations. What was funny was they were all ish, you know, talking about how do you build a team and the money and all this stuff. And one of the keys we found as you looked at it and really studied rosters and the numbers and how to make stuff work and what teams were successful, one of the biggest keys was drafting well yeah. so that you've got guys – who are making contributions to your team, guys on rookie contracts for those, those, those handful of years that are that um, guys whose um, contributions far outweigh what you're paying them. Um, so, you know, the Celtics have drafted well. And at a certain point when you hang, you know, when you're drafting really young guys and you keep them, those, those bills become due. Yeah, and it's a it's a good point. I mean, you look around, uh, and you know Ben Simmons was the number one pick in that draft, and you know look look, look at where uh, Philadelphia wound up with him. Um, you know Brandon Ingram, the Lakers took him number two. We've we've seen what happened with him. Uh, the number four pick, the guy who was picked right after Jalen Brown was Dragan Bender, uh, who's not in the league anymore. Uh, Chris Dunn, also not in the league anymore. Uh, the number six pick in that draft, Steve, was a guy who I think a lot of Celtics fans and 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 people around the team were clamoring for, and that was Buddy Heald, who's been okay, but he's not been Jalen Brown. He's not been anything close to him. So yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, you're 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 in a situation where, um, look, yeah, you've got to pay Jalen Brown now, but would you rather have had Chris Dunn? You know, so yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, Chris Dunn was the guy that 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 night at that draft party. Chris Dunn was the guy that the fans were well up for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, um, point well taken. Um, But look at the Celtics and they've, one of the reasons why the, uh, the Al Horford contract extension uh, is huge for them is, you know, at basically 10 million a year over the next two years, you know, um, assuming he is reasonably what he's giving you now, that is like his contribution, his importance to what you do is going to be far greater than what you're going to pay him. Yeah. Uh, and you look at, at uh, um, Rob Williams' contract. I mean, here's a guy in the same basic range financially. You know, you're going to be spending, uh, what's he, 20 million, 21 million next year for your two big guys, you know, for your, your inside, uh, axis, uh, Rob Williams and Al Horford. And that's huge. Yeah. You know, you know, so you've got to find places where you can get guys making contributions for not a ton of money. Um, you know, having shooters to space the court, huge. Uh, so a Sam Hauser, you know, um, God, he's going to be criminally underpaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is now for yeah. what he's giving you. The key question there is going to be when the Celtics get all their players together, will they make sure, will will Joe Mazzulla make sure that he gets Sam Hauser his touches so that he be, he 
remains uh, a value to your offense because that's going to be that's going to be key. You know, you've yeah. got to make sure those guys get minutes. And I think it, as much as he as much as Missoula has pretty clearly played his regulars more than maybe you'd like early this year, he's trying to establish stuff them together. Um, I think as it goes on, he's going to have to deepen the rotation some, at least, and deepen it maybe not in a number of bodies-wise, but in minutes-wise um, to make sure those guys, you know, you, you're cutting down um, what you're what you're asking of, of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah, yeah. All right, one more thing for you, Steve. We've uh, The Celtics have just come off a six-game road trip. They now have a seven-game homestand. Let's take a look at that. Uh, you've got uh, two against Orlando, which is a good way to, uh, to get back into uh, being at home. Uh, that'll be on Friday and Sunday. They've got Indiana, Minnesota, um, you know, very winnable games there. Uh, you've got Milwaukee on Christmas Day. That'll be a big one. Uh, Houston, uh, and then, of course, they have a rematch against the Clippers uh, just before the new year. Uh, you know, what are you, what, what are you looking for from this homestand? What are you, what are you seeing in these seven games? Uh, what do you, what do you make of what the Celtics have coming? Well, um, <clears throat> I probably should not get into the prediction thing at all and just yeah. retire after predicting correctly the four and two. We said four and two. Well, I, so did Adam and I too. So I don't know. <laughs> You guys are just well, copying. Okay. You were, I don't want to. I don't want to get in the way of you. Uh, you guys were copying me. I said it. <laughs> um, but so this is this podcast is going to go up um, after, on Saturday after, after the first game. Yeah. So uh, I'm. You know, I would not be surprised if, as we're talking right now, tonight is a. Is, I wouldn't be surprised if tonight is a problem for the Celtics. Yeah, because um, Orlando, first game back from a road trip, Orlando's going to come out and, and they're going to fire away. And if they start making shots, you know, um, as much as the Celtics have had rest, they didn't, they canceled their practice. Obviously, they, well, they flew all, they flew on, on uh, Thursday, uh, Wednesday. They didn't, they canceled their practice yesterday. Um, there's the possibility of, you know, guys being a little logy. Yeah. Um, to, to dredge up a word from from a billion years ago, um, I just think that that's like a, this is a dangerous game for them. So um, <clears throat> numbers wise, and you don't know where the you know ups and downs would come, but I think if they could go five and two on this homestand, that'd be huge. But I'd not be surprised if it's four and three. You know. Um, you're bringing uh, Rob Williams back, and also, although he can help you, uh, that integration pro- that integration could be an issue. Uh, just you know, taking guys out of certain things they've done, bringing him back in, getting used to playing with him again. Um, although he doesn't require a lot of, uh, you know, he, he's low maintenance in that regard. You know, he's a guy that does not ask for the basketball. You know, does not get ticked off if he doesn't get his points. Right, right. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, there's some tough games there, and, and I think perhaps tonight would be one of them, or last night as, as this gets posted. Um, but maybe another one or two games in there that could be like surprise difficult games. 
Yeah, I, I agree. You know, uh, Orlando's dealing with a lot of injuries, uh, but Franz Wagner has been very, very good for them, uh, especially lately. Uh, if he keeps it up, he could be a problem. So, yeah, Orlando's definitely, uh, you know, coming in with, uh, with, with, with very little to lose. Um, you know, I think the, the, the game that I am most uh, interested to see how they do uh, is, uh, is the Clippers game. Uh, yeah. You know, that's really the one loss. You know, they had the Chicago loss, wasn't wasn't very good. They've lost three games in overtime, um, uh, you know, and, and and I mentioned the two Chicago losses that they've had. Um, and, and, you know, Golden State wasn't a bad game until, uh, you know, the score got away a little bit. But, um, you know, the, the Clippers game was the one game where they just – they just – they weren't there. Um, well, and, yeah, but as, as – um, in one of the stories, I think it was in the notebook I did – Mm-hmm. last day or so um it was pointed out that the clippers that the celtics played was not the clippers that most teams have played this year yeah yeah that's true they they had their you know full complement and Kawhi was was ready to go yeah, that's that's a different team yeah well, no, but even still i mean you still I say, the celtics have not played their game they, they definitely screwed up there yeah but, yeah you know, right, so, right. that's what i mean is that even even with yeah. healthy paul george and, and healthy Kawhi, you shouldn't lose by by 20 and really just never be in that game uh, the way the stuff is. So I'd like to see them bounce back uh, uh, and, and, and handle that, handle that team uh, a lot better than they did the first time around. I think that's, that to me is the big thing. You know, I, I'm interested to see, you know, Milwaukee's playing very, very well lately. Um, so I'm interested to see that. I think Milwaukee's a team that's probably going to change between now uh, and the trade deadline. They're <coughs> pretty active in terms of trying to find ways to make things happen. So uh, I'm curious about that, I, I, and I think the uh, from the Bucks' perspective, I think they've definitely got the Celtics in mind as they're trying to find ways to um, to change their roster. Uh, so I'm, uh, that's that that's obviously an interesting game, but that Clippers game is the one that's going to stand out yeah, to me. I'm, I'm, I agree with you, um, uh, but I also look at a game like Indiana and wonder: Are the Celtics going to be? Is there are, are they going to be in the right headspace to deal with Indiana? Teams that are going to come out and play them, and they're going to come out with little to lose. They're going to come out firing away. Um, if you're not ready, you know, you can yep. find yourself down. And then do the Celtics uh, fall into the my turn, your turn, uh, hero ball? Like, you know, I'll take this. I'll take, give me the ball. I'll go stop. I'll stop this skid by, by getting us a bucket here. Or do they stick with what they do? Um you know, so but those are the kind of games that that concern me. Uh, it would concern me from the, from the Celtic standpoint of, you know, are, are you going to be mentally in the right headspace to deal with those kind of situations where, you know, you're expected to win, you know. Well, we'll see. We've got uh, uh, a couple weeks here with the Celtics at home. You'll be busy, right? You'll be going to a few of these games, I imagine. Uh, most all of them. All right, excellent. All right, you're uh, you're earning your paycheck, Steve. <laughs> well, let's, let's not push it. <laughs> oh well, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, uh, this the uh, the pre-holiday edition. Uh, we'll be back next week for uh, uh, for another chat about the Celtics. Uh, thanks everyone for for joining us again. Uh, you know, follow the show. Uh, tune in every week. We'll be here uh, talking Celtics. Um, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens on this homestand. Should be uh, uh, should be an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, welcome back. Yeah. 
Check our Twitter feeds. Check uh, our Twitter for, feeds. What am I forgetting? Uh, check well, for, for links to the phone. stories, basically. You know, I mean, um, you know, this should we remind people that uh, heavy.com, thankfully, seriously, is a is a free site. It's, there's no paywall. There's no paywall. Uh, there are ads that come up, and uh, but bear with them. Yeah. Uh, well, buy something. Go to click on say, the ads and know, buy uh, something. Patronize our sponsors. <laughs> there you go. If, if you get bummed out because a, a like an ad flashes on the side of the copy, re remember that that ad is what's keeping this free for you, you making there sure you, you don't have to pay for for our stuff. Um, and there's some interesting things that are happening out there. I'll, I will yeah. try to advocate for our stuff. You know, in this last couple of days, you know. Um, you know, sources telling us that, look, uh, they expect the, the the Nets, if they keep playing well, they're going to make a move to go all in this year because it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be the same next year. You're not going to, you know, they're not going to dance with Kyrie again. That's a story I think people should check out. Also, yeah. the, you know, the Warriors um, perhaps making one of their young bigs available, Wiseman or Kaminga, just trying to get another solid veteran, someone who can execute. Um, you know, there's there's some interesting things going on and uh, a lot more discussions that I've been having that are going to find their way into into print at uh, or into the Internet print at heavy.com. So um, keep checking it out. And we hope to keep telling you some interesting stuff. Yep. He's Steve Ballpett. I'm Sean Devaney. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.